pro wrestler. I am a sports entertainer. What? I'll say it again. I am a sports entertainer. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Sports Entertainers proudly presents episode 18. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, my name is Drake Demar. I'm joined by my co-host, first and foremost, the Frost Father, Aaron Sin. Chinchilla, what's going on, everybody? It's getting cold out there, so uh, bundle up, and as always, wear some soap. You know what it is, and you know to my virtual right, maybe his virtual left, Curlis Maddie. What's going on, brother? Hey, how's it going? Uh, did you just say chinchilla, Aaron? Chinchilla. <laughs> I love your auto. I love your out of pocket. Like just phrases. Keep it up, man. I, I, I never want to. Wanna... I promise, Coco. I get that in before the show started. So. Yeah, never, never change, dude. Never change. You got <laughs> yeah. it. I'm doing good, man. Other like otherwise, I'm doing good. I'm I'm a little sick. I already told you guys, and and uh, I'm hoping you guys can carry me through a good show. It's that season, though. It's that season. It's getting cold, like Aaron said. And we're getting into a couple different seasons as well. Uh, not as popular as, as some others, but it's, uh, it's Survivor Series season. And actually today, on the day that we're recording, Aaron brought this up before, uh, before we went live here, um, 25 years to the day, Montreal Screwjob. And, I mean, we could talk about... Um, many many things in in wrestling history but for some reason this one is is never laid to bed it's the the dead horse that just keeps getting beat but for some reason it's interesting curlis has something to say and before i before you go the only thing i have to say is dark side of the ring if you haven't seen that watch that one on the monthly health screen job well, I mean, you're gonna you were saying uh, WWE themselves can't let this horse die because um, they just keep beating it and keep using this storyline, even though the Montreal Screwjob, as most of us know, was not was was not um, a work. I guess I mean, is that the best way to is that the best way to put it? Everyone was uh, everyone was in on it except for uh, Brett himself. I mean. That's the that's the uh, general consensus, um, unless you ask uh, some some conspiracy theorists out there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, they keep using the storyline over and over and over again to the point where it's tired. And uh, I mean, in this case, it was real; it happened, and Brett legitimately got screwed. I do want to say this: in addition to the Dark Side of the Ring, there was other. Uh, there was another documentary that was released, I think, a year or two afterwards. And I think the best part out of the, the screw job was just Julia Hart giving Triple H and the rest of them the business. Like, I was laughing my ass off when uh, they were all lined up in the hallway or whatever. And all you could see while Julia Hart was just pretty much chastising them was Triple H lowering his head because uh, she knew they were all in to it. I'm like, well, damn, if that ain't a ride or die, I don't know. I don't know what is. But to everyone's point, yeah, Brett got screwed because, again, they thought. Brett was going to take the title over to WCW. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we all saw what happened, and we're still talking about this, which is still remarkable. So that's my two cents on that. 26 years. 26 yeah. years. It happened in 97. I'm a 97 baby, so it's kind of like uh, it was right way before I was born. So, I mean, it was, well, it was the year I was born, so I have no recollection of it actually happening. I just have yeah. seen clips. <laughs> 
I've just seen clips. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. It's it's iconic, really. I mean, regardless of what you think and uh, the morals behind it, it's just it's iconic. It, uh, you know, it's 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 a tale as old as time. You know, people will remember <laughs> this as a yeah as a rest as a Survivor Series moment that no one will ever forget. And uh, I mean, that kind of leads us into our first topic, I guess. Right before we before we get into that, uh, any last words about the uh, Montreal screw job here? I wish we had Jacques Rougeau to talk about that to get his <laughs> thoughts, but we'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. So, favorite Survivor Series moments? Go right, go right ahead. We'll start with you, Drake. All right, well, I'm a little biased, and um, this might uh, spark some, some topic, actually, some, some discussion, because one of my more recent uh, um, and favorite Survivor Series moments, I was actually there for... Uh, the one in Toronto, uh, 2016. I thought that the whole the whole pay per view was awesome, but I really love the the six or sorry the five man five on five Survivor Series match Raw versus SmackDown at the time. It was actually the first time that they um, brought that back after the brand uh, split actually came back, um, and that was just a, a sweet match. It had it was just stacked and it had James Ellsworth there as well. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I about James we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit too. But also uh, Brock and Brock and Goldberg um, didn't know what to expect, and we had this random WCW squash match that the whole place went crazy for. And um, yeah, it was just a cool week uh, weekend because I went to NXT, I went to Survivor Series, and then the Raw after, and it was like. An awesome Toronto crowd um, and a great time for WWE. So basically, 2016 Survivor Series is one of my more favorite um, Survivor Series. So uh, can I can I tell you uh, something about that uh, match specifically? At the time, and now in hindsight, I'm a little more like lenient with that match. I but at the time, I thought that was very uh, just really dumb booking in my personal opinion. When it happened, I was like. You, you spent all this time building up Brock as this unstoppable force. And, you know, everyone thought Brock was going to get beat by a younger talent, make that younger talent made, you know? Everyone thought maybe it was going to be Roman Reigns or something like that. But, because um, it was it was right after he beat this, uh, it was the first time he lost after the streak, correct? I think that's what it was. He hadn't lost, unless I'm no. wrong. No, was it? He won the title after the after the streak, and he wasn't the champion at the time. So, okay, uh, so I think AJ Styles was the champion. So, I don't remember yeah. what it was, but when that when that quick match happened, I was a little irritated. I was just I was annoyed because you built Brock as this uncome killable force, and then Gold Goldberg comes in, and I'm not a Goldberg fan, so it happened, and I was just kind of like, all right, I like Brock better than Goldberg, and this is what happens. You just make you know the and to me like at the time it made the rest of the roster look weak in comparison because i was like okay brock well, was exactly killed. Yeah. yeah that was exactly it that was because they were like brought that was goldberg's character in wcw he yeah squashed everybody. so and honestly it was the absolute best idea they could have possibly done because not only did the crowd pop imagine like look at all the other matches they had after that mm -hmm. look at all the other matches they had after that they went 10 minutes 15 minutes they sucked they were horrible. <laughs> Goldberg couldn't do it. Goldberg couldn't do it, but he can do a quick match like that. So, I mean, it, it wasn't really... didn't know where to go from there. He literally came out the next day and, like, basically retired. And it yeah. was just like, 
this random like moment and it was just like cool to like be there to be honest right but when i watch it back it's like yeah i mean that's probably the best thing they could have done in hindsight i've come to appreciate it just a little bit more but at the time i was just irritated because you know brock defeated the rest of the WWE roster before that, and then Goldberg just comes in one match and then just destroys Brock. And I, I just thought it was stupid at the time because, you know, you got all this young, fresh talent, and that's what you—that's what you make—you make them look like a bunch of chumps. That's that's how I saw it at the time. But ah, it, for a one and done kind of moment, in in hindsight, in a bottle, it's it's kind of cool, I guess. I don't know. Ah, not <laughs> for me, I guess. But uh, go on, go on, Drake. I mean, you bet you got more than that. Aaron, got anything to say about that match? Or... <laughs> well, you know, back in the day, I, I couldn't stand Brock Lesnar because I thought what was going on, you know, behind right? was like, you know, him being a drama queen and, and whatnot. And then, you know, when you go see him get squashed by someone that hasn't yeah. been there in a long time, like someone that we probably haven't seen when he was in WCW at the time, you know, I thought it was awesome. But then again, it, it come to realize it's like you know what he was able to put some people over he was able to give you know all the other superstars a decent quality match went on for 10 or 15 minutes to uh Curlis's point but uh, I'll tell you I was watching it with my boys when it happened about what seven years ago now and uh we were losing our minds when we saw that (laughs) even a beast like Brock Lesnar could get squashed by you know someone that hasn't even wrestled in a long time like that's a special moment but is Goldberg the reason why Survivor Series went down the crapperoo the, that year? I mean, that still has to be debated, but you know what? It's it's a sweet feeling. Like, it's some sort of satisfaction for people to, you know, walk away from Bank Arena with. So, one of those happier moments, and that's what I remember Survivor Series for, because I wasn't even looking forward to, like, the Raw or the SmackDown traditional Survivor Series. It was just that. Because I was sick yeah. and tired of seeing... Brock get his way either in the ring or whatever was going on because we knew the fellow was a part-timer. Treating this crap like an MMA fight, like spending a couple of months like with the title, not even doing one matches. All he does is go with a promo promo mode, skips around the ring like he's doing hopscotch and crap like that. You know, just get his butt bodied like that. You know, that was cool. That's what I remember. Two part-timers, actually. Mm. <laughs> so that's kind of another reason why I was just not into it. I'm like, well, why should I care? It's, it's two part-timers. But I mean, it, it was definitely a moment. I'll say that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna completely crap on it. It's just, ah, it's just not for me. I guess. <laughs> just remember, <laughs> only in Canada. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, was that Can the same? Was that the same pay-per-view where Becky Lynch was made? Like, was that the one where yeah. she had the iconic no? Because yeah. I'm going to put that on my list because I, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it as you were talking. And Becky Lynch being made, being becoming the man, that's going to be on my list, actually. Uh, mm. Bloody-faced Becky Lynch. Such, a, such an iconic shot in the modern era. Becky Lynch became a superstar. That That was the night. What year was that? Hold on. What year was that? Let me search that up as you guys continue the conversation. It had been 18, right? Yeah, I think it was 18. Was it 18? Yeah. Because that... Hold on. Survivor Series. Let me check this out. You guys continue your conversation here. Um, I was just going to talk about the the actual Survivor Series match at 2016, but... Okay, uh, go ahead. 
That was sweet. <laughs> Do you guys remember <laughs> that one at all? <laughs> I have no idea, no. actually. So it was SmackDown's AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Ambrose, Orton, and Shane McMahon who replaced somebody. I think like Luke Harper or something. I think I already talked about this, actually. And they wrestled uh, Braun Strowman, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. And it was just an awesome match. It, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's like an hour long, but it's it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I remember that one. There was like there's very few re- memorable five on fives. There's a there's a period of time between like 2009 to like maybe like 2015. No, no, before uh, 2009 2013, where the mat, the five on fives didn't mean crap. They were just there for the sake of filling space. Mm, yeah. They were just, yeah, they were just, they were pretty crap. And also, um, I found it, the Becky Lynch clip. Okay, so Becky Lynch becomes the man, um, before before the Survivor Series build up. So that's when she became who she is today. You know, with the when Nia Jax accidentally bu- busted her face open. And that yeah. iconic picture, that you know what? I'll include that in my my Survivor Series moments because it's such a such a cool moment in my opinion. Well, that counts. That counts. That counts. I'll count it. <laughs> um, and when was it? Uh, when was it when she headlined uh, WrestleMania with Rousey and Flair? Was that eighteen or nineteen? Because it was before the 19. pandemic. I know that. That was nineteen, I think. That was thirty-five. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It was the same yeah. one as Kofi Mania. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that was, was the cool. last good Ron. Like that was the last time I actually cared about Ronda Rousey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the last time I cared about her, and it was a it was a deserving main event in my personal opinion. But we can talk about that another time. It, was it went very... too long. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. The WrestleMania. Enough. Um. Okay. So in my research, my brief research, um, just going through like my uh, Survivor Series moments from 2008 when I started watching all the way till now. Um, there's a lot of crap. I just find Survivor Series. <laughs> I find Survivor Series, um, is the weakest of the big four, like for sure. Mm-hmm. No doubt. It's just yeah. It's just a lot of like a lot of filler bullshit. Like, all right. So, uh, do you remember Rock and Cena versus Miz and r Truth? No. You guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Such a garbage match. It was just so like it was just there to make Rock and Cena look good, and then to make Miz and Our Truth look bad. And Miz and Our Truth, remember this? They were on like a big upwards like trajection. Like they were like Our yeah. Truth was pushed as a big like like a major heel, heel yeah. for some reason. Yeah, he was smoking, he was smoking in the crowd, and remember yeah. that? Yeah, he, he smoking the kid's face or whatever. <laughs> oh man, so funny. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was like a heel. He even wrestled um, Cena for the title. I thought he did. Mm. He did. And yeah. then this was this was kind of like when they were. This was when it all went downhill for them, both of them. I think. I think Miz took a while to recover again, and then our truth became a comedy character, which he does. He he does that role well. But at the same time, like they were just there to job to Rock and Cena. It was pretty sad. Yeah, and the Rock and Cena. The at first I thought you said Brock and Cena, so that's why I was confused, but. Rock yeah. and Cena were like they were a team, but they weren't really a team. So it was just like that thing was going on, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was just like I, I think like the Rock was just like I should have a match before I actually wrestle John Cena just to warm and up. Were, yeah, and they just like put that together out of nowhere. It was lame, and then there was a lot of other lame stuff too. Uh, do, you, do you guys remember when uh, Daniel Bryan was at his peak popularity, 
And instead of putting him in the world title picture, they had Randy Orton versus, wait for it, The Big Show. (laughs) The Big Show. I'm not kidding. That was a thing. They even had Big Show do the yes chance. (laughs) What year was that? I think it was 2013 or 14. It was before WrestleMania 30. So it was the authority era. Yeah. Yes. And... Um, this was when Daniel Bryan was like red hot and, uh, where they put him on the card was with, you know, tag team match with CM Punk against, uh, the, the Wyatt family. That's what it was. Oh yeah. 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 But big show versus Randy Orton main evented just a heads up like that. That was a thing that happened (laughs) at the prime of Daniel Bryan at the prime. It was a bad time for like the world title picture at that time, man. It was just like Cena, Randy Orton, Big Show, apparently. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> and then uh, I got one other uh, t- before we get into like positives for my side. Um, uh, Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns for the world title that only lasted nine minutes, but it, which should have been in, like a twenty-minute match, considering these these guys have known each other for so long. There's a story there. There could have been a lot to it, but there wasn't. It was just a match for Roman to win. And then for Sheamus to freaking cash in. And it was probably the worst cash-in of all time, in my personal opinion. Sheamus cashing in his money in the bank. Actually, second to Jack yeah. Swagger. Second to Jack Swagger. That was a terrible cash-in. Thanks, Vince. I, I always think about that Sheamus cash-in. It just Roman was getting booed to crap. He was the number he was booked as a baby face, but he was being booed. And then um we they, they try to make us feel sympathy for him by having Sheamus, who was losing every match leading up to this Money in the Bank cash-in, winning. And I don't know. It was just terrible. It was, it was awful. Sheamus was not the guy <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and neither was Roman. Dean Ambrose was definitely... The, Dean Ambrose was more of the guy at that point. And it just, it just, just terrible booking at that time. I think it was 2015. Uh, yeah. That's when Seth Rollins got hurt. During his oh. awesome run as title as champion, sorry, that was a good run. Oh, yeah. Roman wasn't ready. Sheamus was not the right guy. It was just bad. It was just bad. Just yeah, I think back at that one very, very uh, negatively. Jeez. But I have a little bit more. I have some more positives. If you guys want to, before I before I get into that, uh, I'll, I'll let you guys say say your pieces before I get into that. But yeah, I just have a question. Yeah. Why do you think they keep the Survivor Series pay-per-view in name? Is it just for face value, knowing that they don't have a real Survivor Series match? Are they just trying to cash in on oh, that crap, know, knowing yeah. that there's a booty match card, so to speak? Well, occasionally they strike gold with the five-on-fives, but most of the time it's just kind of like, oh, let's just throw it in together. It's whatever, you know? Yeah. Like the yeah. Robber Smackdown stuff, which we'll get into in this episode, um... The Raw vs. SmackDown stuff is played out. Like I remember one year they literally did the draft, and then and then they did the freaking five on five. There's no stakes at all. Like AJ Styles being on Raw now is fighting for Raw when he was just on SmackDown. It doesn't make any sense. So it's just a played out concept, which we will get into. I want to get into more positive Survivor Series moments. If you guys have any, go ahead. I'm good. Uh, you're good. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, I was gonna, gonna say. I got lots. Like mine are all from like the Attitude Era and like 
one from the Ruthless Aggression era, the first ever Elimination Chamber match. Mm-hmm. That's a no-brainer for me. And not only that, uh, just cool. that pay-per-view alone, the tables match that I believe opened the pay-per-view, it was uh, Spike Dudley and Bubba Ray Dudley versus Three Minute Warning. Um, Rosie oh, and Jamal, who was Umaga and Rosie, and they had a crazy match, crazy, crazy oh. match, tables match. And Rico Costantino was in it, and um, that's also when Devon Dudley came back. Or it was like, wasn't it Jeff Hardy and Bubba? It was like some random pairing. <laughs> anyway, that was just an awesome match. If you go back to the um, Attitude Era, there's actually a lot of good moments and memorable things i mean the 1998 there was a tournament for the vacant title the rock won it and he joined the corporation at the time that's how he ended up like i don't know vince mcmahon like helped him win his first title that was sort of Uh, like the screw job because vince called for the as either vince or shane called for the bell too if i'm not mistaken and that was before it was was played out Mm -hmm. yeah so i think like obviously that was a callback to the year before that and then every year they started running with well Running with stuff is a little bit of a of a pun because the next year Stone Cold got run over by <laughs> who would have ended up being Rikishi. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not to nothing to do with the uh, Montreal screw job, but it seemed like every year from there kind of got like some memorable moments. And then that was when I kind of got into it too. So I remember like the following year in 2000, Stone Cold was like looking for who ran him over, and there were some good matches and stuff like that. Oh. And then in 2001, WCW and uh, ECW versus WWE. Yeah, because Survivor Series, it's like whoever won that has control of the other ones. Like if the WWF loses, yeah. WCW was in control. And I remember that oh. Survivor Series, I think, back in 2000, where he was about to run down Rikishi, but he got arrested. And at the end of the day, it was That's Rocky no Kurt Angle for the title, and Kurt Angle won his first major championship. Yeah, yeah I remember That's that. That's no mercy. Oh, that was. There, there was a yeah there that, that was the uh there was the uh, WCW versus WWE match right um, um yeah that, that was at Survivor Series 2001 and Aaron's mm-hmm. talking about No Mercy 2000 oh okay okay got you got you pay per view the pay per view I was close yeah yeah that so would have been a month prior and then the next month um, somehow Stone Cold turned his aggression to Triple H and they had a last man standing match and mm-hmm. it ended with Stone Cold trapping. Triple H in a car and lifting him on a forklift. Oh yeah, and the car. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how the pay per view ended. <laughs> I, I do want to say though, Drake, the 2001 Survivor Series. I think that was the beginning yeah. of the end of the Attitude Era because didn't oh, the 100%. Next, I think what um, I don't know if there was a WWF title match that night, but I do remember it's like yeah. that happened. And then Ric Flair came to WWF because yeah. he was part of the uh, consortium, so on and so forth. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people overlook that moment, that Survivor Series. So that, that, has, to, that has to be a big point in WWF, WWE history because everybody was coming together. And then afterwards, we had the first draft, and then that's where they split. Oh, man. There was a lot of crap happening that year, especially in that Survivor Series. That was the yeah. one. I agree. Everyone shits on the Alliance, and it was stupid at the time, but for me, like, I was a, a little kid, so I was, like, totally invested in it, and, um, I don't know, I guess they made uh, chicken uh, chicken salad out of chicken crap, right? Like, <laughs> best you can do. Um, and it ended up, like, yeah, after that, yeah, it was the closing of one door and the opening of another, 
and um, another history uh, bookmark in the history. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm fucking that quote <laughs> up. <laughs> bookmark in the history book. No, nah, it's not even a. It's not even a quote. <laughs> it's all good, Drake. Uh, I got a. I got a. Uh, like a rapid fire of like good matches here. I've written down. Um, right. Unless unless you have more to say, Drake. No, that's it. Uh, okay. So most of Brock's matches for the uh, brand supremacy matches were really good. So yeah, yeah. I'm saying I'm thinking like Brock versus AJ Styles. Like I don't think we ever had that match before that, and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, Brock versus Daniel Bryan, another awesome match. It was heel versus heel. You had uh, Daniel Bryan just turning heel, and we didn't know what to think of him, and it was it was just it was just him being uh just. You know, being chicken the whole time, not getting in the ring, you know. So you had that match as well. In the same year, we had Nakamura versus Seth Rollins, the first one before they did their recent uh, recent groupings of matches uh, in this year, 2023. Um, there was the year where they had Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. That was oh, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And NXT sw- uh, 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 clean sweep that year. They they won all of their matches, so that was pretty cool. That's for NXT. When, uh, uh, Undisputed Era was in it, so like Adam Cole and all them. That was sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I wasn't watching NXT at the time, so um, I was. It was just cool seeing some new talent, just clean house. Uh, Drew versus Roman. There was a Drew versus Roman match, and it was really good. It was WWE Champion versus Universal Champion. I thought that was a really good match at the time. You got Big E versus Roman as well. Um, another really good one. Um, again, Roman won. And then um, last year's War Games 2022 had the best storytelling in a really long time. Um, since yeah. 2014, I think it was, when Dolph Ziggler won his match and Sting came out. So it had been a really long time since a five-on-five actually mattered, in my personal opinion. So, yeah. Yeah. War for me the best five on fives in recent memory were War Games twenty twenty two with uh, the Bloodline versus uh, who was what was it Team Sheamus I think it was that was when Sheamus was red hot and Brutes and uh, and Kevin Owens Kevin Owens yeah and then I think Drew was there too actually Drew McIntyre was in there too so I think it was a six on six might be wrong yeah 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 but. Was it? Oh, on the five on five because they had Sammy. They had Sammy, Solo, Usos, Roman. So yeah, it was five on five. You're right. Yeah. And then um, that yeah, between that and the Dolph Ziggler match where Dolph Ziggler won, and it seemed like they were kind of giving him a renewed push. I was wishful thinking, but at the time it felt hopeful. And then Sting came, and that was just a crazy moment. Sting coming back. I mean, not coming back, but coming into WWE for the first time was such a cool moment. I think it was the moment that I think a lot of people wanted back in 2001 when this whole invasion stuff happened. But uh, I I honestly thought Sting would have done like five years in the WWE after that remarkable debut. But Mm -hmm. we all knew what happened afterwards, so... We will definitely have a Sting episode leading up to his retirement because, uh, yeah, that's big news. And uh, stay tuned for that because Sting is is an icon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, on terms of memories, do you guys have any other ones before we move on to uh, our big Raw vs. SmackDown uh, 
topic here. Talking about the video game? No, I'm kidding. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Oh, man. Nope. Uh, I'm good. Survivor Series this year. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put a small amount of stock on it this year. I, uh, it could be a good show, honestly. They have the, they have a, the Judgment Day versus Team Seth and uh, lots of CM Punk teases, but I doubt it. <laughs> they are like hard. You never know. You never know, but uh, they're hard teasing it. It's in Chicago. I'm going to say as of today, it's a no. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, honestly, I feel like they're, they're just, uh, they're teasing us. There was another term I was going to use, but I'm not gonna. Um, and on top of that, I feel like the whole Judgment Day Seth thing was was just coming. Like you, you just expected it. And plus, you also got the Miz and Gunta. So yeah. one of the best IC <laughs> champions in our time versus the IC champion today, which I think he's done a hell of a job. I'm Miz more interested a... in that than the other ones. Miz is a face. How weird! It's freaking weird. I he don't. Is? Yeah. yeah, he's a face right now. Like he's he's. It's weird. But uh, I don't know. It's very weird. But uh, let's not uh, let's not linger on that too long. Uh, they ditched Raw vs SmackDown this year, which I was worried they were gonna go back to after War Games. I mean, War Games was a step in the right direction, and then this year they're doing War Games again, and I was worried they were gonna drop it for Raw vs SmackDown because they just cannot help themselves when it comes to that. And um, brand supremacy, in my opinion, doesn't mean anything. It it. it it becomes like obsolete after the pay-per-view happens. Like in the moment, it's cool. Like, oh wow, Raw vs SmackDown. But after that, it doesn't matter. It just if you don't matter. have a team to begin with, then yeah, it's meaningless. Why should I care that these this group of random people are facing another group of random people for a brand in this under the same WWE umbrella? Mm. I don't know, man. Yeah, I get you told know. quick. It ran its course. It you know, really ran its course. Um, it would be nice. It would be nice, though. It's like you put a couple of superstars in, in a team, like neither of them like each other. And, and that was the thing back, let's say, 20 or 30 years ago. Even though they don't like each other, they will band together just to, just to fight somebody else. But you don't see that much anymore. Everybody's all hunky-dory on the same team. Let's face it. Uso, Cody, Seth, Sammy. It's like, we get it. They all get along. But what's the catch? Okay, what's the main thing that's going to come out of it? Are they going to stay as a team afterwards? Or are they going to fight each other for, for gold? Or who would be next in line for the championship? It's like, that's still there, undetermined. There's at no least we know. At least we know with the Judgment Day, they're going to stick together for, well, let's face it, yeah. for a while. They're, they're going to stick together well, even up until WrestleMania, I think. Uh, what was it? I saw a Twitter post and it was like, "Oh, look, it's team get beat, gotten beaten by Roman Reigns. Like, it's literally just a team of people who got beat up by Roman. It's right. it's Sammy, it's Cody, it's uh, Uso, it's it, at the time it was Kevin Owens, and it was I mean Seth doesn't count, but I'm just saying like this. They made four major baby faces by losing to Roman Reigns. So, yeah, it's just a group of people who uh, lost. The it's B team." Go, go, go. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to go back to the Survivor Series matches a little bit, they they have done that before, though. Like, And the only way to kind of do it is, is something like that, is the, you know, we're on Team Raw and you're on Team SmackDown. And 
again, it ran its course quick, but <laughs> I have to go back to 2016. I mean, they had um, Seth and Roman on the same team two years mm-hmm. after the Shield split. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was at least within that um, storyline that I was part of that that continued forward for five more years, or actually better yet to this day, you know. So it's not, like, you know, perfect, but sometimes they do do that. And at that time, Randy and um, Bray Wyatt won. They were the last two survivors, and they ended up sticking together for a while until Randy turned on him and burned his house down and all that crap. <laughs> so Holy they, shit. They do, I they remember do that. stuff uh, uh, like that. But then it just it just started getting mm-hmm. old, and I think that the War Games thing is so perfect and fresh, and it was, it was mm-hmm. perfect for them to do it last year perfect for them to do it this year and and i don't think it'll it'll run its course that quick just because the match is so awesome you know it's not just like a, a regular tag match it's like it's something different so you know i'm sure if maybe four or five years from now if they decide not to do it it wouldn't be a, that big of a deal but for now it's it's something really cool and different for survivor series and it really fits the mold right i was i was fixing to say do you think in about four or five years time they would either merge Survivor Series and War Games together, call Survivor Series War Games, or just ditch the whole Survivor Series pay-per-view altogether to make way for something I, like that. No, I think they're straight up just calling it that, Survivor Series War Games. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like the title now. because yeah. I think they would keep it. Survivor Series is the one pay-per-view, like we said, it was, it's, it's, a, it's the lesser of the four big, and I feel like it needs that hook. So having War Games there is that hook now. So they have that yeah. now. It's now, still recognizable, mind, but so yeah. is War Games too, right? So, mm-hmm. War Games, it's Blood cool. and Guts, just a, it's a cool, it's a cool um, concept for a match, you know. Yeah. Two, two rings, two cages, it's so unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And both both WWE and AEW have done it really, really well in the last in the last couple of years. I'm enjoying them, and it hasn't run its course yet. Um, but Raw vs SmackDown definitely was because uh, you know, like to your point, Drake, um, when when they first started doing it. Robert Smackdown, I was kind of into it. Like I was into it with the James Ellsworth being the uh sure. the mascot. Like, I thought it was kind of fun, but eventually yeah. when they started doing when they started adding um doing the Robert Smackdown literally a week after the draft, that's when I was like, why should I care about this? In what way yeah, does this or, or just it was like the first week of November, it's just like all of a sudden Raw and SmackDown are beefing, you know, it's just like it's too yeah convoluted like it's just like we know it's gonna happen you know yeah what they have now is good though war games for the time being i'm cool with it just keep it going and uh judgment day versus team seth makes perfect sense all all what is it four guys in that or five is jd mcdonough in the uh war games match i don't know i'm not really sure that point is he could get out as far as i'm concerned but anyway logically speaking the five people the the 10 people in this match makes sense and if it makes storyline sense that's kind of my whole idea on themed pay-per-views too um hell in a cell if it makes sense make it a hell in a cell match but if it doesn't if it's just a hell in a cell match for the sake of being a hell in a cell match i'm kind of like meh that's how i see it at least just look at it as who's going to benefit from this after it's all set and done yeah like I think I got I, I got money on uh, on Damian Priest. Hopefully uh, they do something big with him in a few weeks to a few months time. I mean, this could be the moment we where he actually just stands out in front of the rest of the Judgment Day and say, "Hey, I'm running this freaking show now, and I'm going to aim for bigger and better things." 
No, I got I had a pretty cool idea. Now that you mentioned that, um, if if Judgment Day wins or loses, um, Damien and Priest can cash in during war games. Oh, uh, figures. Yeah, or jerk. Yeah, um, like not after war games, during war games. Could you imagine yeah, that? Be, I like that. I like that idea. I like that would be cool. It'd be unique. You would say we've never seen it before. You know what I mean? You know, it'll um, it'll yeah, get the fans. It'll it'll keep the fans from chanting CM Punk at least. <laughs> at the very <laughs> least. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and the only person to cash in during a match is Seth Rollins. That would be cool. In, you know, and it would be just random. Uh, one of those things that might not make sense, but it would be crazy to see, you know. And then, better yet, to your point, if they don't do that, maybe after the match, Seth Rollins might have had his ass kicked in that in the War Games match, and yeah, it's a perfect time to cash in. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's just unique. I think just keep it fresh. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Do we have any other topics? Anything going? Anything? Anything? Anything interesting? Um, real quick, something just came to my mind. We have another pay per view coming up. It's Full Gear, November nineteenth. Um, but um, I was I just wanted your opinions on this. Um, who do we think the devil is? I think it's Adam Cole. You think it's Adam Cole? Yeah. Mm, you know what? That would make a lot of sense. I was thinking uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, maybe. maybe Kyle. I-, I heard a lot of people saying Jack Perry. Oh, <laughs> long maybe. shot. I mean, he put uh, the acclaim through glass. It's real glass. Cry me a river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was. I mean, I heard people saying Britt Baker. Which would have been, which would be interesting. I'd be down for it. I like when the men's storylines and the women's storylines combine. Like I like real Ripley and the Judgment Day because it just keeps it. Like, but there'd be like no payoff. Like what? What would happen if it was Britt Baker? Like, uh, I mean, yeah, she can't feud with the men, so. Oh yeah, I don't know. Like she kind of can, but it just wouldn't be as like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have an actual match, really. If it's not uh, Cole, it's like somehow gonna be like MJF. Like, yeah, it was he was behind it the whole time. But I, I that was my thought from the beginning. But I'm pretty convinced it's Adam Cole at this point. Plot, uh, pl- plot twist. He, CM Punk's not coming back at Survivor Series. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming back on full gear as the devil. As the devil. I think. What, what if it's Tony Khan? He's like, it was me all along. <laughs> Tony Khan, USOB. I think we'll find out who it is by full gear. Because the AEW pay-per-view also needs a hook. So I think yeah. we'll probably find out who it is. Um, the, the title picture for, for MJF right now is very, very interesting. He has many, many people going after him. It's Wardlow. It's Samoa Joe. It's Jay mm-hmm. White. It's Adam Cole in the background there. It's the devil. You know? You got a lot of interesting prospects for mjf right now i think it's i think it's cool i like when a world title i like when multiple people want the world title it makes perfect sense why wouldn't you when the open challenge gimmick happens whenever people are like this is an open challenge only one person comes out man those people should be running out the Mm freaking locker room fighting for that open challenge because this might be this might be my only chance to do it so this makes sense for mjf five or six people all chasing the world title you know i do i do want to say two things about that number one it, it's quite interesting 
and I think it's a little bit sad when a cartoon really gets it, and you know, in the real world, it doesn't. I remember watching a SpongeBob episode, Krusty Crushers, where these two big meaty fish issued an open challenge, and everybody, including Mr. Krabs, went in afterwards. They did a single file, like a fire drill, and all of them, you know, they ended up crashing and burning. I mean, to your point, I agree with that. And number two, I found it very cool that Samoa Joe vacated his title so he could set his eyes on the bigger picture. Usually you see somebody dropping the title to somebody else that's up and coming, and so that way you'll be able to go line for the world title. But I thought, and I think this is one of the first times in a long time that I've seen somebody, you know, say, you know what? I'm giving up this title. I mean, it's not like Shane Douglas did back in ECW, throwing the title away and just claiming himself or something. But knowing that it's Samoa Joe, it's like, I thought it was hella cool. Joe is just damn cool, man. Joe is just damn cool. Uh, I didn't, uh, another one I was thinking about, uh, Swerve. Swerve as well. That's another, oh, that's another yeah. person that they're teasing to be the next person to face MJF. So that's six challengers, man. That's a, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And I don't know, like... I don't know when you drop the title off of uh, MJF, um, but uh, it's just interesting. It's just, it's a, it's fresh. It's fresh, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying his reign a lot more than I did when it first started. I was about say. to say, Sports Entertainer's flashback a few months ago, we were saying like his babyface run as a champion was bland, but now there's a whole lot of opportunities going on mm-hmm. when it comes to MJF's title run. So uh, we were able to correct ourselves with that, and it's quite entertaining. It wasn't even so much his baby face run. Even when it first started, we were all like, ah, this is kind of boring. I'm not enjoying it. And then that Brian Danielson match happened. We were all like, wow, this is actually pretty good. So Yeah. He always had good matches. But I think it was like really the Adam Cole stuff. Once the Adam Cole stuff started happening, mm-hmm. then it was just like everything was like 10 out of 10. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I'll do it for us here are the sports entertainers and Episode 18, we're two away from number 20. We have to think of something big, boys, to celebrate the 20th anniversary. So first and foremost, I do want to say uh, on behalf of everybody, thank you for tuning in to the vlog that we did for BCW 30th. If you haven't mentioned that in the last episode, we're mentioning it now. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. What are you waiting for? Follow us on the social medias. That is Instagram and Facebook. We'll be back again in about two weeks near American Thanksgiving, so uh, hopefully we'll be filled on some wrestling stuff instead of turkey and cranberry for our American listeners out there. Uh, Curlis, again, I, I suggest that orange spice cinnamon tea. I know yeah. you're going to be I know you're going to be right back at it two weeks from now, so uh, take care of yourself for crying out loud. We, we need Thank your you. expertise <laughs> as the younger one in this group. Drake, I'll tell you one thing, man. It's like 26 years since Survivor Series and all the screw job stuff. It's like, I still can't believe that stuff happened. But uh, in other words, uh, you take care of yourself, and hopefully we, we see more about the uh, BCW. Incidentally, Drake's uh, one of the guys responsible for bringing back all the BCW stuff and putting it on social media, too, on the uh, on our page, too. So I, I like seeing that because I didn't realize uh, Irish oh, right, yeah. was like a champion the countless times. So if it wasn't for your insights, we wouldn't know about that. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I do pride myself on being a uh, Windsor histor- wrestling historian here in Windsor. <laughs> so uh, more on that in the future. But uh, Aaron, thank you so much. And uh, looking forward to the remainder of this year with sports entertainers and sports entertainment. And one of my favorite uh, ways to consume garbage. So good to talk to you guys. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, let's, let's go home as the boys say. 
We are going home. We are a Windsor's exclusive wrestling podcast. Be sure to tune us in in two weeks. Until then, for Curlis and Drake, your boy the Frost Father Aaron Sanders saying so long from the Rose City. And as always, wear some soap. Chinchilla. <laughs>